Welcome, Cornerstone. We are so excited for you to be here with us today online as we worship our King. Amen? Amen. We are, of course, going to be going through our whole service today, and we invite you to worship along with us as we lift high the name of Jesus Christ. Now, we do want you to be aware that in lieu of our worship service gatherings, we are doing all kinds of gatherings online through our social media outlets. And so we would really encourage you to get on Facebook if you have not joined our Facebook group. It's Cornerstone Church Family Group, and you can search for that. And uh, it is a closed group, so if you're not a member, ask to join, and we will invite you in. And there's all kinds of prayer requests and Facebook Live meetings going on, live prayer times and town halls and things like this. And we would really encourage you to be a part of that so we can be the church, so that we can continue to love God, grow together, and serve others. We also have an Instagram page that is Cornerstone churches easton that you can search all one word and you can join our instagram account there and our social media team is doing an amazing job putting out content keeping everyone informed we are so thankful for them now we hope to be live streaming these services very shortly so stay tuned for that if you would like the um, information that goes out by email, make sure you go to our website and sign up for the email. That is a great way to stay connected, to get the church newsletter, as well as submit to us prayer requests that you would like to go out to that email chain. But again, we are continuing to seek to be the church together, and utilizing technology is one of the best ways we know to do that right now in the midst of this pandemic. Now, before we move into our worship, just want to read a little bit from Isaiah 41.10 to encourage us, because it is so easy to be overwhelmed by the just confusion and chaos going on all around us, and as we know, our God is bigger than anything that is going on right now. Amen? Amen. And so, Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not... For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is our God. And as we fix our eyes on him, as we fix our eyes on Jesus in the midst of this storm, we would encourage you to be reminded who our God is. Pastor Tim is going to be delivering a sermon from Psalm 46 today, and he's going to encourage us with the truth of that psalm. He's going to encourage us with the reminder of who our God is as he goes through five names of God, five ways that God has revealed himself to us. So we would invite you to worship with us. We would invite you to participate. Don't just sit on a couch and spectate. Be the church, be here with us. Kneel, stand, raise your hands, worship our King, sing along with us right where you are as we praise our God, amen? Let's pray.
as we go into the presence of our King. Father, we are so thankful that we do not have to be afraid. We do not need to be dismayed. For you are with us. You will help us. You will strengthen us with your righteous right hand. And we praise you, God, that you are the God who is in control. You are the God in whom we can place all of our confidence, all of our trust, all of our hope. And Lord, right now we invite your spirit to fill this place, Lord, to fill the room that we are in as we worship you and we give you praise, that we are reminded of who you are, God. We desire to be firmly planted in your truth, Lord. You are the strong tower, the mighty fortress that we run to and are safe. And we thank you, Lord, that we can have that confidence in you through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for what he has done for our world and what he continues to do in our lives, even in the midst of fear and chaos raging around us. Lord, I pray that today, as we lift high your name, our hearts and our souls would be calmed as, like Peter, we fix our eyes on you in the midst of the storm, Lord. Do not let us look to the left or to the right, but to focus on you. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's worship together, church.
So the next song we're going to be singing is A Mighty Fortress is Our God, an amazing hymn that was written a long time ago. But as I was reflecting on the song and just the special request that it was brought in, God kind of led me to a verse that we're actually going to be going through tonight. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's sing together. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Just as through that may be, Christ Jesus, it is He. Lord Sabaoth, his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo, we will not fear, for God has willed His truth to triumph through us. The Prince of Darkness grim, we tremble not for Him. His rage we can endure, for lo, His 
doom is sure. One little word shall fail you. Lord, we thank you, for you have won the battle. You are a mighty fortress, our protector. Lord, we do not need to fear the arrow that flies by day or the fears by night. Lord, we rest in you because you are God. You call us to be still because you will be exalted. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. Thank you, Lord. We ask for all these things in Jesus' name. Cornerstone Church, it is so good to be able to be together, even if it's online, even if it's not in person, it is good to be together. We are going to worship our Lord, and we're going to worship our Lord through His Word. So wherever you are right now, can I encourage you to get your Bibles out? If you're online, you're not even part of our church, uh, you're not even a member of Cornerstone, that's okay, get your Bibles out, if you would, and let's open up to Psalm 46 together. And I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do to encourage us through a time that none of us have ever experienced. What's happening right now, this modern church has never gone through. And so we're experiencing what previous ages have gone through, what Israel had gone through, what the Middle Ages in Europe had gone through, uh, what the church in the United States had gone through earlier. But now we're experiencing it. We're going to find, I think, and I believe, and I pray, we're going to find that we're going to emerge out of this a stronger church. And I'm excited to be able to present some of that to you today from Psalm 46. I want to encourage you to stay with me in this entire message. Uh, I'm talking to some people uh, who watched this last week, and they kind of went in and out of the, the service. Let me encourage you with your children, just grab your kids if you've got your kids with you. And uh, just sit with them, help them read the scriptures, put your hand on them, guide them through, explain perhaps some of the words that I'm going to use that maybe they need to understand a little bit differently. But let's listen to our God through his word. So I trust that you have Psalm 46 open. And Psalm 46 is a very timely psalm in the midst of this upheaval that we are experiencing it's a psalm that is believed to be the inspiration for the song that we just sang a few moments ago. A mighty fortress is our God. Martin Luther penned that song. He penned that hymn. And Luther, as you probably know, was born in Germany in 1483. And there had been for about 200 years a, an outbreak. Uh, it had gotten worse, it had gotten better, but an outbreak of the dreaded Black Plague, bubonic plague. And that black death brought a devastation. It killed over a quarter of the population of the entire area of Europe. It was amazingly devastating. And it's beginning again in Luther's day. And it's beginning to appear even in his hometown of Wittenberg. And people were fleeing the town. And, and Luther was urged to go as well, and people were saying, Martin Luther, you're too important to the church. You've got to flee Wittenberg. The plague is beginning to appear, and he refused to go. And he actually wrote a pamphlet to guide the church through the outbreak. 
And in that pamphlet, he reminded the church that the fear of death is the devil's work. I'm going to say that again. The fear of death is the devil's work. And Christians must not give in to that. They must not give in to that fear and instead pour yourself into the sick. Pour yourself into the dying. Give them the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, Psalm 46 and other scriptures gave Martin Luther such a trust, such a confidence in God that it permeated his hymn. We sang those lyrics that went like this, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood, a mortal, mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work as woe. His craft, his power are great, and it's armed with cruel hate, and on earth is not as equal. But you heard those lyrics as we sang them. There is one that is coming that is more than the equal to our foe, more than the equal to this virus, more than the equal to any enemy of God. And it's that one who came that we're going to talk about from Psalm 46. I want to invite you again. Can you open up that and read that with me? I'm going to be reading it from the English Standard Version. And it begins like this, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Most think that Psalm 46 was actually written about God's miraculous deliverance of his people from the strongest nation on earth at that time, the people of Assyria. And the king of Judah, the king in Jerusalem at that time, his name was Hezekiah. And I want you to imagine what Hezekiah experienced as he went up on top of those walls surrounding Jerusalem, for the Bible tells us that he went up there, and he sees over 185,000 Assyrian soldiers camped around the walls of Jerusalem, breathing threats to the people of God. I want you to imagine the anxiety of not just King Hezekiah, but all of those within the walls of Jerusalem. For this army had conquered 46 towns and villages of Israel on their way to Jerusalem. They had taken 200,000 Israelites captive. This is a strong foe indeed. And I want you to imagine, I mean, let's imagine as if we were there, the fear the anxiety to see that enemy that they could not defeat in their own power. And I want you to, to know that Hezekiah was a godly man and he took this letter of threats that the king of Assyria sent to King Hezekiah and he went to the temple of God and he lays that letter out before God in the temple. And he begins to pray 
I would imagine that a lot of us are praying right now. I would imagine that people that never usually pray are praying all over the world in the face of this virus, COVID-19. I would imagine that there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of hearts. There are people within our church that are struggling. You go outside and you can feel the tension in the air. There is anxiety all around us. It seems almost apocalyptic, doesn't it? Stores are closed and greater, greater restrictions are, are coming from our governor. They're coming from our, our president. The stock market dipping lower and lower. People are out of work wondering how they're going to make their ends meet. This is a time that we have never experienced before. Not this age, not this generation. Yet calamities and plagues and disasters have occurred all throughout human history. And God's people, I want to tell you, they have survived them. And we're going to survive this. We're going to make it through this. And I believe that we can even endure. We can even thrive. I don't know about you, but if, uh, if you're talking to people that are outside of the church, people that are not believers, the veil that separates earth and heaven is thin. That's what crises do. They thin the veil so that you begin to think more about eternity. You begin to ponder more about God and about you and about your sin and your condition and what God will say to you. The veil is certainly thinning right now and there is an opportunity, Cornerstone, for us to be the church, for us to love our God and for us to to grow together even in the midst of even the restrictions for us to be able to serve other people. It's a time for the church to be the salt and the light in this world. And I believe that God is doing a work of refining in us. So let Psalm 46 comfort you and strengthen you. And I believe it does it in three main ways. And I want to give those to you right now. First is this, during this crisis, remember that God is present with us. Look at verse 1 again, if you would. Can you all look at your Bibles? Let's, let's look at our, our, our Bibles together. Let's be the people of God's Word. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You know, the names of God reveal its nature. And there are a lot of names of God, and the Bible tells us these names very often at strategic times so that we can learn of who our God is at such a time. And Psalm 46 is going to reveal five names of God to us, and we're going to look at each of them. And here's the first one. It's the very first verse. It's in the very first verse. In fact, it's the very first word of the entire psalm, God. And that might seem a little bit unremarkable to you, but let me tell you that that is the name Elohim. And Elohim is the name that speaks of God's governing, creative power as he sovereignly rules over all that he's created. So all of a sudden, immediately, in the very beginning, in the very first word of this psalm, here comes a thunderous Word to the people of God who are in a crisis. God, who created all that there is, he sovereignly rules over everything. Elohim is the very first 
name that God gives us in the Bible. In fact, if you wanted to look in Genesis chapter 1, you're only going to need to go four words into the entire Bible before you encounter Elohim. And he's introducing himself in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 as if he's saying, hello, my name is Elohim and I created all that there is. It's all mine. I rule over every square inch of creation. So child, trust me. That's the name, that's the power, that's the beauty of Elohim. Yet, yet he doesn't rule from a galaxy away. He sovereignly rules above. He sovereignly rules within his creation. I think I would just ask you for a moment. I think the answer for most of us is probably obvious. Have you ever sat down and had a conversation, an afternoon, to spend with Governor Wolf? Or have you ever met and had a conversation and spent a day with President Trump? These are powerful figures in our nation, but they are away from us. God is the most powerful person, and yet he is with us. He is within his creation, and he rules over it all. Psalm 46, verse 1, he is a very present help in trouble. He's not a distant help. He's in the midst, verse 5. Look at verse 7. He is among the nations, or he's in the midst, rather. He's with us, verse 7. Look at verse 10. He is among the nations. Our Elohim is not far away. He is our refuge, and he is our strength. He is a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Look at your text. You're going to see in Hebrew poetry, actually, this is a song for Israel to sing. You're going to see the mention of earthquakes, of volcanoes, of hurricanes and tsunamis. But the children of God, even in the midst of natural catastrophes, we have a refuge. We have a strength. His name is Elohim. He is right there with us, he is our God. That Christian, that church, who knows God as Elohim, our sovereign creator, shall not be moved, verse 5. We can be at peace. We can be confident, even in the midst of a pandemic situation. The world around us might cry out in terror, but the church is immovable. Why? Because of our God, Elohim. We serve a God that is present with us. But we also point number two, during this crisis, we need to remember that the Lord's power is for us. Not only is he present with us, his power is for us. The psalmist tells us that Israel, as well as the church today, verse four, is the holy habitation of the Most High. Do you know that's a name for God? Most High? It's the name El Elyon. Can you say that with me right in your own home? I want you to say that with me. El Elyon. That is the Most High God. It's a name for the absolute power of God and that he has the right 
to do what he wants to do. And we have the assurance that what he always wills will be perfect and good. So let me tell you that again. The name El Elyon reveals the nature of God that has absolute power. And with that absolute power has the right to do whatever he chooses to do. But what he chooses to do always will be perfect and good. The name Most High is God telling you, telling me, that he can sustain us through any crisis, that he can deliver us from any trial. If you recall that time from the Old Testament in Daniel, when Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were thrown into that blazing furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He was infuriated with them. He heated that furnace many times over. He had those three men, those godly saints, put into that furnace. It was so hot that the soldiers that put those three men into the furnace were incinerated by the heat. They died from the heat. Yet Nebuchadnezzar is looking through the opening of this furnace and through the wavy heat and those flames. He can just make out that there's three people and then all of a sudden he makes out that there's a fourth. And the king comes as near to the furnace as he could and he begins to shout to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says to them, servants of the most High God, that is El Elyon, come out, come here. The fire had not even had power over their bodies, the Bible says. Had no power over the men. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed. And listen to this, no smell of the fire even came upon them. That's the power, the absolute might of El Elyon, whose will will always be perfect and good. There's no guarantee that, that we won't get COVID-19. There's no guarantee that we won't get in a car accident. There's no guarantee that an earthquake will not happen where we live. El Elyon does not guarantee that God's will will always be your good in every circumstance. It will be his good. And the name El Elyon promises that he will utterly rule over everything. And his will is perfect and it is good. What should we ever fear with a God like that? But there's another name, a third name for God that we need to see, which reveals more of his nature. We see it in verse 7. Can you read that with me? The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord of hosts is the name Jehovah Sabaoth. Jehovah Sabaoth. Can you say that with me? Jehovah Sabaoth. It's the Lord of all might. It's the commander of all armies, both the armies of heaven and the armies of earth. And this is why Luther called our God a mighty fortress. For no army, no enemy, 
No human, no spiritual enemy can overcome God. Why? For he is, he is Elohim, he is El Elyon, and he is Jehovah Sabaoth. He is present with us, and his power is perfect towards us. He sovereignly accomplishes his good and perfect will. Our God is our refuge, Christian, and he is our fortress. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there is an end of that story that I told you about, or at least there is a significant part of that story. When King Hezekiah, he, he spreads that letter that King Sennacherib had threatened Israel with, threatened Judah with. He had spread that out before the Lord. He had prayed before the Lord and said, God, look at what your enemies are saying about you. What are you going to do about this? Well, God did do something about that. The, the Bible tells us what he did. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35. You might want to go over there. It's a really fantastic story of God's power. Elohim, El Elyon, Jehovah Sabaoth. It says this, And that night, the very night that Hezekiah prayed that prayer, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, there were all these dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, the threatener of God's people, king of Assyria, departed. He went home and he lived in Nineveh. And the next few verses tell us that he went in and he worshipped in his false god's temple. And two of his own sons rose up and killed him. That's the might that's the power, that's the sovereign rule of Elohim, El Elyon, and Jehovah Sabaoth. Our God is an awesome God. So what does the child of God need to fear? Psalm 46 reminds us anxious people, for fear is, by the way, the most mentioned problem of human people in the Bible. We tend to fear. We tend to be anxious. But God is reminding us in this great psalm, there is nothing that we need fear with a God like ours. But he's not even done yet. Point number three, not only is God present in these crises that we experience, not only is his power for his people, but third, finally, during this crisis, we need to remember the Lord's promises are going to endure. The Lord's promises will endure. Look at verse, 40, or verse uh, 7 of chapter 46, Psalm 46. Look at verse 11. We see in both of those verses our fourth name for God, the God of Jacob. That's a really puzzling name for God. We don't really, I think we should be surprised that God would take that name. He doesn't really reveal his nature as the God of Abraham or the God of Moses or the God of David or the God of Daniel. These are stellar saints. These are amazing, godly people. Yet he does not reveal himself in that way. He reveals himself as the God of Jacob. And Jacob is not a good example. He's not really 
the benchmark of the Christian. He's not a good role model. Jacob was selfish. He was a liar. He was a deceiver. He was a manipulator. But when God got a hold of Jacob's life, he gave him a new character. And with that new character, he gave him a new name. And that new name was no longer Jacob. It was Israel. And the name Israel is God's name for his chosen people. See, the name God of Jacob, this is so beautiful. It tells us that we have a God who is patient with us, who is graceful towards us, who is merciful with us, and his love is not dependent on our behavior. His love is not dependent on our status. The God of Jacob shows us what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29. God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. What is weak in the world to shame the strong. What is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Do you know how we are praying in the midst of this virus? We're really not praying only that medicine will prevail, that this virus will follow the course of most viruses and naturally burn up, naturally deplete. We want all of that if that is God's will, but I'm going to tell you what Cornerstone Church leadership is praying what we are asking you to pray we are asking that you pray that God will rise up that God will overcome this virus and that it will be suddenly defeated it will be suddenly stopped so that no medicine no doctor no president will be able to claim the responsibility that's how we're praying now God will do what God will but we want God to be glorified we are jealous for our God to be glorified and we want the God of Jacob who is patient with us who does what most people or all of us would not do and that is show favor to an enemy and show love to the undeserving we want the God of Jacob to rise up and what comfort that brings to us you know I've got to tell you I don't think America deserves God's love. I don't think this world deserves God's favor. I don't think Tim Ackley deserves God's grace. Is that not the very definition of grace? To be given what we do not deserve and does not the God of Jacob reveal the heart of God that loves us, even while we were yet his enemies, the Bible says. Jesus Christ is amazing. Jesus Christ is Elohim. He is El Elyon. He is Jehovah Sabaoth. He is the God of Jacob. But there's still one more name we need to look. And by the way, it's the greatest name in this entire psalm and in all of the Old Testament. You find it in verse 8. You've got to see this. Can I encourage you, mark up your Bible. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Whenever you see the name Lord in the Old Testament, 
with all small caps, that's what that's called, you're looking at the name Yahweh. And Yahweh is the personal name that God gave only to his people. And it describes his eternal, unchanging, faithful character that he will always keep his promises to his people. This is the name Yahweh. It's the most incredible name. It's the name that the Jewish people would not even pronounce. In fact, later on in the history of the Jewish people, they took the name Yahweh, they took the name Adonai, and took the vowels out of Adonai and added it to Yahweh to make Jehovah. They guarded, they protected, they would not even speak the name of Yahweh, but one day a year and only the high priest of Israel would say it. But we speak the name Yahweh, and I'll tell you why, because Philippians chapter 2 tells us this. God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that is the name Yahweh, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God, the Father. Jesus Christ is Yahweh, and all the promises of God find their yes in Him. Can you amen that? We've got five names for God in Psalm 46. We've got Elohim, God, who is our sovereign creator and ruler. We've got the Most High God, El Elyon, who reigns absolutely with perfect goodness over every square inch of creation. We've got the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of all might, the commander of all armies, heavenly and earthly. We've got the God of Jacob, the giver of mercy, the giver of mercy even on the undeserving and especially on the undeserving. And we've got the Lord, Yahweh, the eternally faithful, promise-keeping name of Jesus. Now you know why Corey ten Boone, who survived a Nazi concentration camp, though her sister Betsy did not, why she could say this to us even years later. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. Do you know Jesus? Do you personally know the God of Psalm 46? If not, can I tell you right now, wherever you are, today could be the day of your salvation. Today could be the day when your eternal life begins. You need to confess to God that you have sinned, that you defied El Elyon, that you defied Elohim, who is your creator, who is your ruler, but you've defied him just like I have. And you've gone your own way, and you have rebelled against God, and believe that Jesus died on that cross. He died for a purpose. He died to forgive you of your sins. So yield your life to Yahweh. Yield your life to Jesus, 
your Lord and Savior. He will save you. He will give you life. He will teach you to follow him. Christian, we have good news to tell people. Even and especially in the midst of this virus. But perhaps you're beginning to see that right now it's time for you to repent. Maybe you need to repent for a lack of your seriousness in your relationship with God. Are you really picking up your cross? Are you really denying yourself? Are you doing that daily and following hard after Jesus? Or do you have idols in your heart? Are you distracted by sports for your children to the point where you're not following Christ? You're not using that as a mission field. Are you distracted by sin that has gained a hold and a foothold in your heart so that your love for that sin is greater than your love for your Savior? John Calvin said that our hearts manufacture idols. They are God's substitutes. And idols are where we run to to keep us safe when calamity hits. Do you have idols that maybe God is shaking out of your life? That's what Hebrews 12 is referring to towards the end of the chapter. God is shaking. These are birth pangs. This is the opportunity to be shaken by Jesus and let fall out of our heart things that should not be there. For we serve a God in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Are you struggling with fear and anxiety in the midst of this global virus? Well, let me tell you what Martin Luther would often say to his friends when he was anxious, when he was depressed, and I'm going to quote him. He said, let us sing the 46th Psalm in concert, and then let the devil do his worst. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and we are safe. Proverbs 18, 10. Amen? Let's pray to our God. Father, we are so thankful for this psalm. It is so amazing. Father, you are our Elohim. You are our El Elyon. You are our Jehovah Sabaoth. You are the God of Jacob. You are Yahweh. And you have been given the greatest name, Jesus. The greatest name that is in heaven or under heaven and on earth. Father, there is no better name than to give your son than Yahweh. He is ever faithful to his people. I am so thankful that you are sovereign. I am so thankful that you rule with goodness every inch of this creation. I am so thankful that you command all of the armies, both in heaven and on earth. I am so thankful that your mercy is new every morning, and that your favor is not dependent on my behavior. I am so thankful that you are eternally faithful to your promises. May we, your church, rise up And believe and have faith and declare the good news that Jesus Christ has come. And he gives salvation for all who believe. Get us on mission. 
Let us be light. Let us be salt. And let us be the church who loves our God, grows together, and serves one another, even in the midst of this crisis. And in Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. God bless all of you. Well, that was an awesome sermon. Let's stand together and praise God because his name is beautiful, powerful, and amazing. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Hidden
Let's praise the Lord because he is our Messiah, Lord. Redeemer. 
even when I say even when I don't see you show again even when I don't feel it you work you never stop you never stop you never stop working never stop never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you working even when I don't feel it you working you never stop never stop working with you through your son Jesus Christ and God you gave Jesus the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess God I thank you for who you are God I pray that we would be reminded of your power and of your sovereignty God Lord that you are all powerful God that you are all knowing God that you are everywhere all of the time that you are our ever present help in time of trouble. So Lord, we look to you. God, we are not afraid because we serve a God who is above it all. And Lord, we thank you for who you are. And Lord, we remind ourselves that you are our savior. God, that you are Yahweh. Lord, that there is none like you. God, there is none but you. We worship you together this evening today, God, and we just thank you for the time that we get to spend together. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you so much, church, for joining us this evening or today. We thank you for joining us. We pray that you would just continue to join with us, that you would continue to love God, that you would continue to grow together, and that we would continue to serve others. God bless you, and we hope to see you soon. Keep
one more time. next week, church.